0: This, just in. Breaking
1: news. this is a special report on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU
2: Pirates. Here's Patrick Johnson.
0: Yes, that is true. We do have a little breaking news, un- uh, unfortunate breaking news. Pirate baseball tonight has been postponed to tomorrow due to some travel issues with the pirate baseball team but to tell us all about it we now have the voice of the pirates scott scooter rogers gonna kind of give us a debrief of what happened this week uh how's it going scott
3: uh getting better
0: out in wichita right now
3: philip but uh yeah it was a frustrating day yesterday that's for sure
0: so, obviously, you guys were down in Charlotte, played that game Wednesday night, spent the night in the Queen City, and then you guys got on a flight yesterday in Charlotte and went to Dallas. But from what I've understood, the issue started in the Charlotte airport. You guys were delayed, is that right?
3: Yeah, we were delayed uh, by about an hour, and there was a mechanical issue with our, with one of the planes. so They had to bring another plane over. Uh, which delayed us by about an hour. So we we finally got the new plane in, got on it, got to Dallas, which is where we eventually missed our connecting flight because of that delay, which resulted in us having to bus from Dallas to Wichita, which was a little over five hours yesterday. And now that we got to Wichita, the issue was we didn't have any luggage because of uh, of us missing that connecting flight. Uh and so now that some other flights are starting to make their way from Dallas to Wichita, uh that luggage is slowly starting to come in, but the majority of it, you know, is still in Dallas. And you know, it's it's really the important stuff that that is not here yet. And so that's kind of what resulted in that double header being played tomorrow just because it makes things a lot easier because a lot of that equipment's not gonna show up I think until later tonight, which would have been close to game time. And so they just made that decision to postpone the game tonight and play a doubleheader tomorrow to allow for that equipment to be able to arrive in time for uh, that game tomorrow.
0: Well, it stinks this is happening, but I guess if travel issues are going to happen, the key thing is y'all are all together. You all made it safe and sound, so that's good. Yet yeah, stinks. You probably don't bats, uniforms, cleats, all that good stuff. But sounds like we're going to still get all three games in. And with that being said, a doubleheader tomorrow. How much do you think now puts even more emphasis on the starting pitchers, Trey Savage especially, going deep in this first contest of a doubleheader?
3: Yeah, I think that's a big thing. You know, you look back on that doubleheader against UCF just a couple of weeks ago, and starting pitching was so big in that. You know, way our offense jumped on UCF starting pitching, and then how good our starting pitching was against UCF. And so I think you got to you know, have that same result almost that we did against UCF and have our offense get out to an early start, which they've done a really good job over, over games. And then, you know, Trey Savage, you know, hasn't shown his – I wouldn't say not shown his best stuff, but has not gone in as long innings as, uh, you know, Carter Spivey has recently. But Trey's had really good stuff. Carter Spivey obviously had a really good start last week. And so if they can replicate that tomorrow – the Pirates should be in good shape. Now, on the other hand, you look at Wichita State, we'll be facing one of their better guys than Peyton Coley tomorrow, who is a two-way player for the Shockers. He's their Friday night starter and also one of their better hitters. Uh, this is a guy who's a left-handed pitcher. He's a really good really good pitcher as well, um, about th- third or fourth, I think, on their team in terms of offense. And so Pirates are definitely going to have their hands full. Wichita State does have some decent pitching on their staff. And so overall, this series is going to be a fun one to watch from a pitching standpoint.
0: Yeah, no, I think so. And, uh you know, I wonder, not that a coach would ever, Coach God or any other coach would ever admit, you know, they manage games any differently, but that 2021 season where you had to play a doubleheader every weekend, do you think coaches got a little better during that time managing their rosters when you do play two games in the same day? Because it really is different than playing nine innings.
3: Yeah, I think so. You know, I think it was definitely a challenge on them. you know. If you ask coach Gavin right now, he would tell you that. You know, he hated playing those doubleheaders every Friday, but they but they had to do it that year because of COVID and the way the schedule worked out. But uh yeah, it was definitely a, I think a challenge to a lot of coaches. You know, normally, you know, some teams might have one or two doubleheaders a year, and so when you're doing it every weekend, at least you can prepare for it that way. But uh yeah, I would say it probably created a a different challenge for them wouldn't necessarily say that it might have gotten them better at managing their roster, but it was certainly a challenge probably for
0: them. And speaking of managing that roster, um, I I don't know exactly what you do know or what you're allowed to say, but Ryan McChrystal's still, I think, out with that broken finger, at least limited. Does this sound like Justin Wilcoxon will probably be having to catch 18 innings tomorrow?
3: Uh, I have not actually gotten an update on Ryan. Um, I assume that probably so with Justin. Um, you know, uh, coach Gowan told me last weekend it was kind of an emergency situation that if Ryan would catch, I'm sure that the way that Justin's been hitting the ball too, you know, I think it's a good thing to have Justin in the lineup right now. And, uh, yeah, I think they're kind of taking it week by week with Justin Wilcoxon and, uh, or not Justin Wilcoxon, but with Ryan McChrystal. And we'll see how it goes from there.
0: Yeah, for sure. And as you mentioned, uh, his hitting there, team high batting average, 351. He's really come on strong. And, uh, since uh, we know you were on the airways Wednesday night, but we haven't got to talk to you in any ways. Since then, it looks like the Pirates really put a complete game together. You know, Coach Godwin even said it after the game. It was one of the more complete games they have played. Just kind of, I know you gave your post game thoughts, but what were your overall thoughts on that contest and to finally do it on the road where we hit well and we pitched well for nine innings really?
3: Yeah. I mean, like you said, you know, it was a good complete game and it was a, it was a fun one to watch because the biggest thing was it was a it was a quality win on the road and that's one thing that the Pirates have not really had this year I would say especially at a complete performance um, yeah I mean but it was it was good to see them do that and keep this win streak rolling you know as you said the pitching was good um, you know I thought Zach Root didn't do that bad of a job of the offense you know was able to get out to that early lead with Carter Cunningham's home run and that kind of I think set the tone early in that one but uh, yeah I mean I think you know, that's just another thing is this this team is playing really good baseball right now and for them to continue that streak. You know, this is a big stretch, too, coming up. You know, you started that game against Charlotte on Wednesday. You have three here in Wichita State. Then you have NC State on the road on Tuesday when we get back to North Carolina. So this is a really big, tough road stretch. And so I think if you can win, you know, four out of the five games, in this road stretch, I think that would be a huge success for this ball club.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. And if anyone is just tuning in, we are joined by the voice of Pirate Baseball, Scott Rogers. Tonight's game has been postponed to tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern time at 12 Central. The broadcast will start at 1245 here, and it will be uh, two nine-inning games, a doubleheader. And uh, so, Scott, you were fortunate enough when you guys were in Houston for an extra day before, that you got to go to opening day for the Houston Astros. Um, have you? Are you going to get to do anything fun tonight? Is there anything fun to do in Wichita, Kansas, or when you have the night off?
3: Well, we are actually not the only East Carolina program in town. ECU softball is here facing Wichita State this weekend. So I think me and uh, Director of Media Relationship Welch is going to head over to the Shocker softball stadium tonight and watching Pirates softball as they get underway. Wichita State, I know they're really good in softball this year.
0: Yep, number 23.
3: Uh, top 25 program, and so that's about a 10- to 15-minute walk away from our hotel. So I think that's going to give us something to do on this off-day tonight.
0: No, that's great that you all at least get to go. That. Really did work out. Usually, uh, when baseball's on the road, softball's not at the same place. And, uh, Chip Welch was the director of, or sorry, not the director of ops, the SID for softball for so many years. So I know he makes it to every game he can, but now that he's handling baseball, he doesn't get to attend many softball games. So I know he will enjoy that, and I'm sure you will as well. But uh, we thank you for joining us, Scooter. Any uh, final thoughts from you? Any final things you want to tell the people ahead of it this weekend as uh, East Carolina gets set to take on Wichita State?
3: Yeah, I mean, just make sure I would say tune in uh, starting tomorrow, as you said, at 1 p.m. Eastern start on this doubleheader. So we'll be on the air at 1245 with our pregame show. So it'll be a long day of baseball from Middle America tomorrow and hopefully it will result in two wins for the Pirates.
0: Well, thanks for joining us, Scooter. Have a good night and uh, cheer on those Pirates hard in softball this evening. Absolutely. Thank you, Philip. Thank you. All righty, there he goes. That was the voice of the Pirates, Scott Rogers. As mentioned, the uh, baseball game has been postponed tonight, but we should still get all three in this weekend as they are scheduled to play a doubleheader tomorrow. We are. I'm Philip Pilkington. I'm actually filling in for Patrick. Patrick is uh, calling some softball games right now over on ESPN+. However, uh, Patrick was able to do two interviews earlier today, and that is what the bulk of the rest of the show will be for us. Greenville Mayor P.J. Connolly um, joined Patrick earlier today, and we're going to hear that interview. They're going to be talking about bringing a potential Summer League baseball team here to Greenville. And then our final segment to wrap it up will be Adam Gold talking about the Carolina Hurricanes and their game three against the New York Islanders tonight, uh, up in New York as the Canes look to take a 3-0 series lead. So that'll be the rest of the show. So, uh, Patrick and I are kind of, uh, in the, in the way that our, our guy, our colleague Chris Cook, or as his wrestling name Chad Carson would call it, as he was a tag team wrestler. Uh We are Patrick and I are tag teaming the show today, so I am going to on the other side of this break tag Patrick in. He is going to do these two interviews, and then I will wrap it up here at the end for the final uh, few minutes here of the Patrick Johnson show. So on the other side of this timeout, Greenville Mayor P.J. Connolly and our P.J. Patrick Johnson to talk about future of Greenville Entertainment and a potential Summer League Baseball.
1: Exciting uh, announcement yesterday that the Greenville City Council looks to be uh, partnering up with capital broadcasting, the owner of the Coastal Plain League, to bring a summer baseball team to Greenville and Guy Smith Stadium. That will be considered at the Monday meeting of the council. Here to uh, talk about it with us, the old pirate pitcher himself, a frequent guest on the Patrick Johnson Show, one of our first guests, the Honorable Mayor of Greenville, P.J. Conley. Mr. Mayor, how are you, sir?
4: Patrick, I'm doing well. How are you doing?
1: I'm well. Uh, it's Friday, so we're all feeling good. And I'm excited about this uh, report and and this uh, pending agreement with uh, Capital Broadcasting to bring a summer league Coastal Plain League team, a wooden bat team, to Greenville. I, I think it's it's a natural, and I'm, I'm even kind of intrigued that they're going to play it at Guy Smith. So uh, the floor is yours, as we say. I'll, I'll defer my time now to the to the Honorable Mayor of Greenville. Let him kind of update the folks on what's going on here. What do you got, PJ?
4: So we're really excited. I mean, I think it's a great opportunity for the city of Greenville to bring a uh, collegiate summer league team here and uh, provide us with some entertainment during the summer months. You know, I was very fortunate in my uh, college career to play in three different summer leagues, and you know, it's a great experience. I think that Greenville is the perfect fit. Uh, We have such a strong baseball community. And, you know, being able to locate and have a, a stadium already in place like Guy Smith Stadium, uh, is, is going to be very, very important. And also it's going to be an opportunity for, for people to bring their families out, uh, to be able to see good quality baseball and to be, be able to see players that come from all over the country, uh, com- competing in our community. You know, I get, I get a lot of, uh, Questions as far as what what can be done or what things entertainment are in the city of Greenville, and you know this is just going to be another aspect of of entertainment and an opportunity for people from all over Eastern North Carolina to come and see uh, excellent uh, collegiate baseball. Well,
1: well, I know this is kind of a long time coming because there has it has been bandied about a summer league. There's there's even been aspirations to maybe bring a uh, a professional team uh, to the city and. Uh, so again, this, this seems like something that, uh, where it may be, uh, out of left field, pardon the pun, in some people's minds. I know this is a project that has been, uh, worked on by a lot of people, yourself included, for a while now, hasn't it?
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, there's been a discussion for years and years about bringing, you know, some sort of, uh, higher level baseball beyond we love our Pirates, absolutely love our Pirates, not, not in competition with, with, uh, ECU. But you know, something that will also be a draw for our community because our community loves baseball. I think that, uh, have got a very strong, rich history of baseball. And I think a lot of different parties have been trying to find the, the perfect fit. And I don't think anything had really fit up to this point or we couldn't get things to work out. And so now, uh, Capital Broadcasting has, uh, you know, had approached the city of Greenville about bringing a team here and locating over here in Eastern North Carolina. And I think that, uh, you know, it's a good opportunity for us. I'm hopeful that we'll be able to work out all the uh, the negotiations as far as moving forward with with bringing a team here as soon as possible.
1: Mayor P.J. Conley, Mayor of Greenville, on with us. Pitcher for the Pirates, also played, as he noted, in uh, three separate summer college leagues. Uh, played professionally in the Angels organization. A Brewers fan, which we'll forgive him, uh, Mayor Conley, <laughs> is on the line with us uh, here. What are the, right now, what are the terms of, of a possible agreement?
4: Well, you know, I think we're still working on those right now. Uh, right now, we kind of have a letter of intent with uh, Capital Broadcasting to move forward. Uh, they have pledged to make some uh, improvements to the stadium, as well as the city of Greenville uh, has pledged to make some some improvements to uh, make sure that we meet the specifications and, and the needs uh, to be able to host the uh, the league. Um, I think it's important also to note, too, that yeah, I think the, the city has worked with the Babe Ruth League uh, uh, RV to make sure that, uh, you know, we have their blessing moving forward because we did have this discussion years ago and right. there was a little bit of, uh, uh, I wouldn't say animosity, but I would say like a little bit of uh discontent from the uh, Babe Ruth League that... We would be taking or this, this league would be potentially taking some of the time on the field. So I think those discussions took place and you know, we want to make sure that it's going to be a shared opportunity that we're not taking space from the Babe Ruth league. And you know, I think that blessing was, was given or, or it was a very good meeting that they had. So they were able to move forward with uh, the LOI.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, according to the reporting in the daily reflector. A half million dollars from capital will go towards improvements at Guy Smith Stadium, Ronald RV Vincent Field, and a half million from the city, that's here coming from convention and visitor bureau funds. Uh, so with that, that amount of money, uh, let's say a million dollars potentially going to Guy Smith, What are the areas, you know, that, that maybe need, uh, the improvement to, to, to be able to be up to specs? Is, is that, is that still kind of being hammered out as well?
4: You know, I think, I think the, specific, the specifics of it are still being hammered out. I think some of the discussions, been is I think they've had to make some adjustments maybe to the, the distance for some of the foul poles out there mm-hmm. to make sure that it's mm-hmm. it, uh, sufficient for a, a summer college league. I think also maybe potentially adding some more uh, seating so they can have more capacity for some of the games is probably in the works. And you know, I'm sure there's probably other things that uh, will be added. You know, maybe potentially like a beer garden or something like that, where uh, people could go out and rent the space, and they could be able to sell adult beverages too. Uh, but I think all the spe- specifics as far as what's going to be uh, invested in there are still being worked out between the two parties. Gotcha.
1: Mayor P.J. Conley is with us here. The, uh, the, the there's the potential to bring alcohol sales to this. Uh, again, the reporting says capital would pay Greenville 30,000 annually over 10 years to obtain a license to sell as they put it malt beverages wine fortified wine which i just learned yesterday what that was or is uh, <laughs> or alcohol of uh, of any kind so uh look there you go that's that that's part of it too and you know i i think there is it shouldn't be understated there is a social aspect as you say a family aspect to this as well as far as entertainment dollars to be spent in the summer where I'm sure you've heard it for years. We we hear it uh, heard it for There's just nothing to do in Greenville in the summer. Well, I mean that that could be about to change.
4: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's going to give people an opportunity to go and watch good quality baseball uh in our community. I think they'll be able to see players that come from all over the country. You know, and we're hopeful that uh Cliff Will uh, you know possibly consider sending some of his players and playing here, where they might be able to stay in the Greenville community and, and still play baseball in summer league. So, um, I hope that uh, it'll be a good fit for for ECU and our, and our great program that we have over there.
1: You know, as great as it would be to have a minor league team here, I, I do think this type of team and and this league in particular really fit the community pretty well. Because uh, you know of how hot pirate baseball is here, and the knowledge of the fan base when it comes to college baseball, so we'll know a lot of the players that would be participating uh, in this league, which I think is really great.
4: Yeah, I do too. I think it's a great location. I think Green- Greenville's a great community. like I said, i I played in three different uh, summer collegiate leagues and uh, all over the country I played up in the Northwoods League, the Valley League, and then the Cape Cod League. You know, yeah. each of them are a little bit different. Um, but you know, it's a great experience for those players that play in it. Um, it's always exciting to be able to be in a nice community where there's a lot to do. Um, and Greenville is a perfect fit for that.
1: When you played, uh, Mr. Mayor in, in those summer leagues while you were a pirate, what, what was a maybe specific experience or a specific moment that you
4: kind of remember? That's a tough question right there. Um, I will say one specific one. I remember playing the Cape Cod league. Um, I was pitching and I can't remember. I think we were, I think we were playing Chatham. Um, and I was pitching and I had a no hitter through eight and two thirds innings. And, uh, I had my right fielder who actually was at, I think he was playing in Tulane at the time. So he was in our conference. Uh, he was a first round draft pick. He came in and slid and caught the ball, but the umpire called it as a hit and blew my no hitter uh up in the Cape Cod League, which I would I think would have been the first no hitter since Eric Milton, I think was the name. Oh, I wow. Remember. Somebody had told me when I was at okay. the time. And uh my coach got thrown out of the game and uh it was uh <laughs> it was quite the uh it was quite the experience. I had Harry Connick Junior was watching the game. He was a fan. Wow. So yeah look at cool you stuff.
1: Look at yeah. you going all, uh, Henry Hinton dropping names on us.
4: I hear you. Yeah. I hear I know, you, Mr. Mayor. Hey, hey, it was the no hitter that never happened. There you go. <laughs> well, it should have happened. It should have happened. It uh, should have happened. So, That's
1: right. Well, uh, just, just so people know too, I mean, this, this, I think you have the team in Wilson. There's a Holly Springs team, Wilmington, Moorhead City. I'm assuming this team would be in the East Division with, with those teams and some others yep. in Virginia and uh, one in South Carolina. So I mean, there's, there's some local, Teams, this is also the league coastal plains where the Savannah bananas are yeah. a member and, and they've become quite a hit around the country, uh, not just in Savannah. So I, I, I think this is kind of a very nice fit as far as all this goes.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: It's a great, it's a great league. You know, I think it's a good atmosphere and I think what they try to do is they try to tailor it very similar to, you know, minor league baseball. And I think mm-hmm. people will enjoy it. Um, each league is a little bit different. You know, when I played in the Cape Cod League, he basically played on like high school fields. You have real small crowds. It's not, it's not very closely aligned, I would say, with minor league baseball. But I mean, the players and the caliber of the players are, are very high in that league. But, you know, this is more tailored towards like a, a minor league experience. So, you know, fans that are going to go out and support uh, the team that, that hopefully will be here uh, in the very near future. We'll see a very minor league type, uh, experience and I think it's going to be fun and it's going to be entertaining for people of all ages.
1: Uh, would, what's the agenda as far as Monday's meeting? What will folks, uh, be able to glean from that? What's the plan?
4: You know, as far as this item's concerned, it'll probably be just kind of a brief overview, just a discussion about the, uh, about the, the, uh, the, Communication between the parties and and, you know the plan moving forward. Probably give us a a brief synopsis as far as when they would like to uh, bring a team to Greenville, uh, some of the improvements that might take place, and just kind of the next steps moving forward. So I don't think it'll be too detailed, but uh, it'll give people a little bit of an idea as far as what what we're doing, how we're moving forward, and and what the plan is. So exciting,
1: yeah uh you've you've uh talked about uh coach godwin and and uh, obviously pitch for the pirates a uh, huge series uh on the road this weekend for e c u you have to be excited about uh kind of where East carolina is trending right now because they seem to be gearing up to to go on a big run here
4: yeah yeah it's awesome i mean we're we're very blessed to have a great program we've had a great program for years and years and years and, you know Co- Coach Godwin's doing great things over at e c u and to be able to see the the players playing at the high level that they're playing right now is awesome. You know, it really gives you uh, high expectations for the postseason this year. You know, we're hopeful that uh, Green or that Greenville will be the host of a regional and potentially a super regional again this year, and hopefully we'll get over the hump and and finally make it to Omaha.
1: We're also inside of a week uh, with our concert on the Common series coming up, and uh, that is uh, turned into a, a huge community event, public-private kind of partnership. Uh and, and again it gives a time of year uh where, you know, people can go out and see national acts in a in a great community environment and atmosphere.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I I love uh everything that uh um Henry and his team are doing down there. I think that people have really embraced that concert concert series and we think that uh you know, each year it continues to get larger and larger. And I remember the the first discussion that we had about bringing this concert series with it. I don't think any of us would have imagined the amount of people that come out there and enjoy, you know, a free live music concert out of the town common and, uh, being able to to spend a little bit of time in the spring weather and, you know, uh, into the, into the summertime too. So it's, it's great for the city. It's great, uh, entertainment that people can come out and, and, uh, socialize and listen to good music. It's just a a good all-around family-friendly
1: event. Uh, Anything else that is a a major uh, item that you are and and others in this other leadership of the city are sort of uh, working towards or or doing now that uh, the folks need to know about?
4: Uh, Well, I mean, you know, I think it's always a challenge. We're continuing to work and getting uh, a lot of our road projects done. Of course, here we are in the Spring and summertime, you're going to start seeing more, uh, repaving, more, uh, maintenance work done to the roads. That is the number one, number one complaint that we get (laughs) is our road system. You know, if, if we had an endless amount of money, we would fix every single one of them this year, but, uh, we're going to do our best. We've allocated quite a bit of money, uh, to getting those things fixed. So be patient, everyone. We're, we, we understand and we're working on it. We're going to try to get as many of them fixed, uh, this, uh, this summer as we possibly can.
1: Yeah. Uh Mayor P.J. Connolly with us. Uh, Mr. Mayor, thank you so much. Always great to talk to you.
4: Yeah, great to talk to you as well.
0: And there he goes, Mayor P.J. Connolly. On the other side of this timeout, we will have a sports flash update with everything going on in Pirate Nation and beyond. Philip Pilkington here with your 94-3 the game sports flash update. Pirate baseball has been postponed to tomorrow due to the Pirates equipment not making the full travel all the way to Wichita. It is expected to be there tonight and the game is supposed to go off tomorrow as planned. Well, as newly planned as a doubleheader will start at 1 p.m. Eastern time. There is a Pirate team in action tonight, and also they are in Wichita. That is the Pirate softball team. They took two out of three last weekend against Memphis and have won three of their last four games. They will be playing tonight at 7 Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. Also at 7 Eastern for you Caniacs, it is Game 3 of the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs as the Canes travel up to New York to take on the Islanders. They will have to do it without Ford Tabo Terabinan, who broke his hand in Game 2 and will be out for the remainder of this series. Moving over to the NFL, you think these guys would learn from other guys getting suspended for gambling? But apparently five players have not. Both Jamison Williams and Stanley Berryhill of the Detroit Lions have been suspended six games for gambling, and three other players have been suspended indefinitely that the league says will minimum be one year. Those are two former De- Detroit Lions, Quintez Cypress and C.J. Moore, and also Washington Commander's defensive end, Shaka Tony. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash update. On the other side of this timeout, Adam Gold will join the P-Man to talk about that Cane's playoff game tonight.
1: Well, 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 as we told you uh earlier, your Carolina hurricane are aiming to go up 3-0 in their first round Stanley Cup playoff series as they visit the New York Islanders, the UBS Arena, in Elmont tonight uh, as the uh, Canes are coming off the overtime win in Game 2-4-3 in Raleigh. We have the great Adam Gold, Canes Radio Network, host of the Adam Gold Show, heard on 94.3 The Game weekdays, middays. A.G., how are you, my friend? Tired. To grind. but uh but
2: uh, it's
1: good to be with you Patrick. what's going on hey, uh you tell me we've got uh hurricanes hockey tonight uh yeah. and uh you know I think hey, look, it's not a series till till uh the other team wins uh on home ice or defends home ice so do do you see it going that way, or do you think the canes uh at the very least get a split in New York?
2: I mean Carolina's two for two at UBS Arena this year. Kachetkov shut the Islanders out back in December, and uh, Sebastian Aro had a hat trick the following month. Uh, that was, I think, before the acquisition of Bo Horvat. But, I mean, Carolina's it, – it's a good matchup for Carolina because the Islanders are not blessed with amazing team speed or, you yeah, know, they've got good – I mean, they're a very good team, I'm not diminishing that at all, but they they don't have like New York Rangers, Toronto Maple Leafs, Edmonton Oilers, like dynamic offensive players. Uh-huh. The one guy that you do worry about in that regard is Matthew Barzell, but Carolina's done a relatively good job of limiting him, although it'll be more difficult on the road since Rod Brindamore won't be able to automatically stick the Jordan Starline line on them. But, mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah, I mean, Carolina can, can win these games. They're, and I think for all of their issues, there's a reason they were the second best team in the
3: NHL this year.
1: We've got, uh, Adam Gold with us, uh, here, at Carolina Hurricanes radio, uh, host and also, uh, Adam Gold show heard, uh, statewide. On the, uh, NC Sports Network, including right here on 94-3, the game, uh, during the week. Uh, the goalie, uh, situation was of, uh, concern. And as you said, there are some issues despite all the success that Carolina's had this year. So, uh, how, how do you think that has, uh, how, how has the goalie situation shaped up through two games here in the first round in your esteemed estimation? Well, I think
2: Martha was great in game one, um, without in the, I mean, at the very least, they're in overtime. I thought he was outstanding. So he was my first star. Uh, game two, I think he wants two of the three goals back. I don't think the first goal can go. Uh, Kyle, it was really a harmless shot that kind of just slid between his pads and in. From wasn't close range. It was probably 15 to 20 feet out. You can't let that go in. And the Barzell goal right before the end of the second period was just a soft goal. It just almost went, like, right past his glove. You have to make both those saves. With that said, it didn't make a couple of good saves when it got to 3-2. And um, I don't know what Rod's going to do today. I really don't. If, If it were me and Freddie Anderson were not ill, because he did not dress on Wednesday because he came down ill on uh-huh. after the morning skate. I would go with Anderson. Uh, not that Anderson has played great. It's just that with those two really bad goals that Onti allowed, you just can't have those. Freddie's got a bunch of them in his in his recent history. But ultimately, I think they work better when they've got both guys pushing each other. So, But I think he's going to go with Ronta. I, I mean, I'm just guessing right uh-huh. now. The way Rod talked about it yesterday, I think he's going to let Ronta go another game uh, and then see what happens. He can always go to Freddie. Uh, and I will say this again. I've been saying it for months. If the Hurricanes go far in the playoffs, I really think Pyotr Kachekov will have something to do with it. So uh-huh. uh, I, I, I will not be surprised at all if we see the Kachetkov experience return at some point.
1: Adam Gold, uh, joining us here, Patrick Johnson Show, on a Get You to the Weekend edition. Uh, Tevo uh out for the rest of the series. How does that impact things?
2: Well, um, first of all, there's no way. It's, it's not just the rest of the series. Um, he had okay. surgery yesterday. They put, they put pins in his hand, uh, his left hand. My I, mean,
1: I, I don't, I don't think it's the rest of, I mean, I think it's beyond the rest of the series. I'm just, what's being, you know, quoted right. I know, as, that's so, what yeah. they
2: said, uh, and yeah. it's obviously safe, and you don't want to, uh, you don't want to just make any assumptions at all about how long you're you're going to be playing hockey. Uh, but I think the Hurricanes would have to be playing in the conference finals to have any chance to see Tabo Taravan and play another game this year. With that mm-hmm. said, uh, this, this, got people a little angry on Twitter. Of course, it is Twitter, so all right. uh, maybe all of those people lost their blue check marks. But <laughs> I think the Teravainen Terav- injury is more of a problem than the Andrei Svechnikov injury for this team and gotcha. the way they play. Because Teravanin touches every part of what they do well. Every single thing that this team is known for, Tebow Teravainen is part of it. He is an elite two-way forward. You can't say that about Andre. Andre is getting better defensively, but he's not an elite two-way forward. Teravainen is. Teravainen is part of the best penalty kill in the sport for the last four months. The last 42 games of the regular season and the first four a uh, power play again you know against them in the playoffs the hurricanes have turned aside 108 of 119 power plays and mm. Taravainen is a huge part of that um and on top of that he's a connector to Aho uh when their power play is going well tavo has got something to do with it uh it is an incredibly t- difficult loss you know they joke it's not a joke. When they, when Andre went down, nobody's going to replace, no single player is going to replace his goals. Well, man, you do, you got to do a lot more than replace goals with, with Tavo Teravainen. He is that good a player and he has had a terrible year, but you, it's still a tough loss. I don't know right, what they're yeah. going to do. My right. guess is yes, if you pull your will draw back into the lineup. They'll go from a healthy scratch to playing with Ajo and Jarvis on the top line. That's just a guess. But who knows? I think it'll
1: be very fluid even within the game. Uh Adam Gold, Adam Gold Show, Carolina Hurricanes uh Radio Network is uh with us uh here on the Patrick Johnson show it's always a great time when I could talk to my guy uh Goldie, A G if I may be so bold, Goldie. A G uh Adam Gold. Uh with us. It's hey right um you know, we talked to our, our mutual friend, Brian LeBlanc, and we love, uh, LeBlanc. Uh, he, he also, he had the Kings losing the series, which could still happen. Uh, and he also well, had- When was
2: the last time LeBlanc was right about anything?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true! Although LeBlanc sent me a fantastic text this morning on something totally unrelated, a very inside joke that just made me cackle out loud, cause he's, he is oh, yeah. sneaky funny. He's sneaky funny. Uh, but- very You know, uh, we we talked about this so i want to get your take on it too because i mean I, I think you guys you and he are, are just two of the the best you know guys covering the team and 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 following uh, the hurricanes um you know that window adam gets a little smaller right i mean this is and i and i know the injury thing is piled up and there's the goalie issue and and it's hard it's very hard to win a series let alone a stanley cup but what's your feel on that I mean is there a little little angst if this is an early exit or it doesn't go you know deep into the playoffs if not you know win the whole thing I mean what's that window looking like in your estimation now All
2: right. so it's, it's, to me this is this can be a, uh, a multi-layered conversation because I think part of this conversation needs to look back I think you never really know when when it's your time and it, it, History is littered with teams that didn't realize that this was the year to go for it uh, in the past. And uh, you can slow play these things to your own detriment. My fear is that this team should have been more proactive two years ago, last year, this year, and they weren't because they look at next year as being that's the year you go all in. There's a, you don't have to go all in you can still make smart acquisitions um, I, I want to make sure that this is separate from the injury conversation uh, right. but the Max Ready injury gave you the option of 10 million free dollars worth of cap space that honestly they didn't use because they didn't feel like this was an all in type of year uh, I, I'm So Rod's got one more year left on this contract. I'll bet he signs another one. So mm-hmm. uh, let's say it's another three-year contract. To me, that's your window. Gotcha. Uh, whatever, Brindam, however long Brindamore is here. Now, then the the other part of that is what happens next year with Sebastian Ajo. The, the contracts that are up and the prospects that might be able to help out. Sebastian Ajo, I believe, has to be dealt with in this offseason because he is going to be the guy that is going to have other players stick around. He's got one more year left on his deal after this year. If the team is smart, and I'm not saying they are or aren't, they they will have to perform better um, than they have in the past when it comes to signing their own players. Uh, They have waited too long. But if they are smart, They will take care of Sebastian Ajo this offseason and make sure that he is here so other players will say, all right, they're willing. He took a little bit less to stay. I'll take a little bit less to stay. Right. And that's the way, because it's not about Carolina. It's about this is how you have to do it in a salary cap era. There have to be players who are willing to take a little bit less if you want to keep the whole group together. And there are a lot of players that they want to keep together in this group. But there's also – I mean, Seth Jarvis is going to be doing a new contract. I would do him uh quickly. I would sign him to a contract extension this year and not wait till next year. Um, Martin Natchez is one year away from unre- From – it'll actually be another restricted free agent season. Dave Oteravine has got one year left on a contract. So does Brett Pesci. So does Brady Shea. There are a lot of things to do. But the most important thing is ajo, and that's probably most tied to the window.
1: Hey, uh, Adam, great stuff. Really appreciate it. We'll talk, uh, hopefully a lot more with the Canes going through the playoffs. But thanks for yeah, the time here. The this afternoon. LeBlanc's nuts.
2: <laughs> I
1: thought so too. Cause you know, I'm, this is the time of year I'm on the bandwagon. So I, I'm, I'm hope okay. springs eternal, you know. <laughs> All right. That's what it is. You're
0: right. Thank you, Adam. All right. And there he goes. We thank Adam gold for joining us earlier today to talk to the P man. And, uh, Rob Brendamore has not released his official lines yet. However, the uh, team's website has put out actually just during that last interview, they put out the projected lines for tonight. So, uh, the top line there's a little question at left wing will it be Drury or um sorry if I'm saying this wrong, but uh Pul I think that's how you say it. Uh and then uh obviously Aho Jarvis uh line two, notion, Kokinyemi Nachos. Uh, Jordan Martinook, Stahl, Jasper Faust on the third line. And then, uh, there's same two possibility guys to be the fourth line left winger and Drury and, uh, pulled Jujari. Uh, Statsny and, uh, Steppen is, uh, the rest of that fourth line. Projected pairings are Slavin and Burns, Shea and Pesci, uh, Ghost of Spar, or Ghost, sorry, I always struggle with that name, Ghost of Spar and uh chatfield and then ronta is in goal there's a little talk uh you and adam brought it up there as to who would be in goal tonight and uh kachekov is going to be the backup freddie's still going to be out with that illness so we got about two minutes here left in the show um i think the canes could definitely win this series they're obviously talking about that a little bit back and forth uh canes learned last year against a different team from new york that a two series lead especially after being home is is nothing guaranteeing you to win it but uh you know, I think the Islanders are not the Islanders they used to be. The Islanders were never, well, not well, I say never. I'm talking in this era here in the last few years, the best team on the ice, but they might have been the most physical team on the ice. And if you put them away in four or five games, you were in a good spot. But if you played six or seven against the Islanders, a lot of times you'd lose just because they were so physical and they would wear you down. You know, playoff hockey is so different than regular season hockey in that aspect. And I just don't think the... uh the Islanders are as physical as they used to be, and I think the Canes have gotten more physical. I think that's something that hurt the, has hurt the Canes in the past. I think it hurt them in that 2020 series against Boston, uh, the 2021 series. Uh, obviously, they lost to uh, to Tampa, and just nobody was beating the Lightning there. They lost that one in five, and that was no disrespect to the Canes. The uh, you know the um, Lightning were just so darn good, but I think they could do it. Um, I think there's not too much pressure on them. You go in there as long as you can take one of these next two. You're in a very, very good spot, even if you drop both of them. I'm taking the Canes over the Islanders in two out of three uh, down the stretch there. Anyways, got 30 seconds left. As mentioned, Pirate Baseball tonight will not be played. Doubleheader tomorrow, 1 o'clock Eastern, first pitch. Scott Rogers will be on at 1245 to start that call. 45 minutes after game one will be game two. And Sunday still scheduled, as it already was, 2 o'clock, first pitch here on the east coast that'll do it thanks for tuning in to our friday edition of the patrick johnson show have a great weekend everybody